0: In this episode it's called cornering and if you're a coach you know exactly what I'm talking about because it's a universal term and coaches do talk about this quite often I'm
1: trying to sit here and also say that the coach is always in the right it's not it's not that way
0: even though you might not realize it the emotions are high from the game no matter if that's a win or a loss. your emotions are high because you've just watched a whole bunch of action of someone that you truly care about putting everything they can onto the field, or if they're on the bench, trying to figure out how to get into the game. And if you
1: want a real defense type mechanism answer, that's what you're gonna get more times than
0: not. Let's finish it.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Ay, coming in. Yeah. Flex. Flex, I just want to win. I just yeah. want LA BB, who we running with? Runnin', runnin', yeah. Runnin'. 2233, three. I'm on 10 again. Yeah. Stay tuned, name. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of The Closing Pitch. My name is Spiker Helms, and I'm along my co with my co host, David Burkeby, and we are in the Tiger Center, and it is hot. We are actually doing this in a sauna right now. There's no AC. It's probably
1: 90 in here, maybe a little bit more. And
0: they're asking, I'm sweating. Why are, why are quite we doing profusely. this? Well, we're doing this because this is probably the most quiet spot in the, the whole facility spot. because people don't <laughs> want to come in here.
1: Yep. So we make the sacrifice. <laughs> yes,
0: for the podcast. Also, as you noticed as you were listening, we switched up our intro music. And the reason we switched up our intro music (laughs) is because I was scrolling through my feeds and I was like, that is our music. And that is a product that is kind of interesting. I wonder how many people have seen this. I wonder how many people who listen to this show have seen (laughs) the ad. It's Manscaped. (laughs) Yep. And They stole our music. I don't want to go into what Manscape is. Yeah, we're not
1: going to go down that hole.
0: But if you aren't curious, just go ahead and Google Manscape, <laughs> And they used our intro music. So we have switched up our intro music. I haven't even heard it, so I'm excited. Yes. And we forgot to press the record button. Todd, can you press the record button on there? Well,
2: oh, I went to sleep again. So how do you wake it up? So just
0: press that black button, and then it'll go.
2: <laughs> Which, oh, this one?
0: Yep. And then press the red button. Is it on? I mean, it looks on. Oh, man. We are struggling today. That's all right. I think it's oh, the heat. there it goes. I blame the heat. I got it's working. The, did you yeah. press the red button?
2: Yeah, I pressed the red did button. Did you hear the it. beep?
1: I didn't hear a beep. I heard the beep. He heard a beep. Okay. I heard a beep. Okay. Okay. Anyways,
0: let's actually get back <laughs> on topic. For those people that are listening, they're like, man, this is the worst two episodes we have ever listened You guys are losing it. <laughs> and you know what?
1: You're right. We are losing it. It's okay. It's the middle of the summer. Lots of things happening. So, yes. all good.
0: The topic for today is we are going to be talking about the chain of communication, how to actually deliver a solid message to where action is provided that you would like to see or even get the answer that you are looking for. And how this topic came about is obviously we are part of the Rawlings Tigers and we coach in the summer. Mm -hmm. And the summer is a very interesting part of the year for us, like we do um, instructions, so winter training, and then we also do like scheduling, making sure that we prepare for the season, and then we do tryouts. And th- but the most interesting part is the eight weeks in the summer. We have our youth teams, and then we have our high school teams. But Dave and I are more honed in on the high school program. And Dave, how long have you been doing this? Ten plus years. Ten plus years. Um, I'm I'm behind him around six, seven, I no, was I was in and out. You're, you're a couple of years after. Yeah. So this topic comes to mind because it happens every year. Okay. I'm not going to name names, but it happens every year. And I think that there's a better way of approaching it. And it's called cornering. And if you're a coach, you know exactly what I'm talking about because it's a universal term. And coaches do talk about this quite often. Seems like at the ABCA, I've had a couple of conversations around this topic. And if you don't know what cornering is, cornering is very simple. So game is over, you've just finished, you either won or you lost. You just gave the closing speech and you're walking to your car, and then a parent is there waiting for you near your car or, or even a player. Or even a player yeah. catching you as you're walking towards the car. And some people are probably like, oh, that's not a big deal. Like what, he's just gonna talk to him. But then there's, there's a point to where coaches, I'm done coaching, I'm moving on to the next game. I'm thinking about the next game um, and going towards the future. But then we're talking about what's gonna happen. And when a parent comes up, that's probably not the best time to talk to a coach. You never see in the college game, after a game, a parent goes up to the coach and says, "Hey coach, can I talk to you for one minute?" Because the reason that it doesn't happen is because the college coach is just literally going to look you up and down and say, "No, I'm not going to talk to you because this is my team." Now, high school is a little bit different because you're you're transitioning from the youth to the high school game and there's still some of that youth type of conversations that are happening. Well,
1: and even even different, it's, you know, I think we're always in a in a middle ground because you know, with our business, they pay to play. Mm-hmm. They they pay to be a part of the program. And, like, even, like, high school-affiliated baseball with their local high schools, they don't pay. I mean, even if – I mean, I guess if it's a private high school, but same deal. You pay for the education. You don't mm-hmm. pay for the sports.
0: And the reason that you don't want a corner is is twofold. One, you – even though you might not realize it, the emotions are high from the game. Mm -hmm. No matter if that's a win or a loss, your emotions are high because you've just watched a whole bunch of action of someone that you truly care about putting everything they can onto the field or if they're on the bench trying to figure out how to get into the game. So your emotions are high. The player's emotions are high. So in our organization, what we do, what we try to do is have a 24 hour Notice. So 24 hours, then you're able to talk because then you can think more objectively. You're not an emotional state. And this goes into the conversation that I've had with Dave. um, And we're thinking about making this a topic. But um, I heard this on Andy Fursella's podcast, which I've thought about, but it was said so eloquently by one of their hosts, which is his name's DJ. And there are two types of people. You have eaters and then you have ETAs. Eaters are emotional, action, and then they think. ETAs are emotion, thinking, and action. Out of those two, which one do you think is more productive in getting things done and moving the ball forward? I would say ETAs. Yes. Eaters, what they do is they're emotional, they have an actional response, whether they corner a coach, and then they think about it and like, man, I really sounded... I didn't sound Probably really good. I shouldn't there. have said that. I shouldn't have, have said remorse. that. And, and coaches feel the same way because then we're put into that position of being an eater as well. And I think that's why coaches don't like it because they're emotional about the game. Now they've just been cornered. So action is about to take place on both, both parties. And then they're both going to go home at the same time and be like, man, I can't believe I said that to him or her.
1: Yeah. No, and I y- – I've had it happen to me. You've had it happen to you. Mm-hmm. I think every coach can resonate with that. And I try to talk to my parents throughout the years and say that I, I'm so open to communication. I almost want over-communication mm-hmm. because then it allows me to understand the perspective of where you're coming from. You can have the perspective of where I'm coming from. I think that's a beautiful thing, and I'd much rather have over-communication than under-communication. But what I, what I think that sometimes we lose perspective on is that that parent sitting in the stands only focused on their Jimmy, their person, 100% of the time. That's it. And so anything that happens throughout that game, good, bad, otherwise, that's all they're focused on. And that's where their sole focus is. And listen, that's a good parent, right? You're, you're there supporting your kid. Uh, you're, you're helping them out, et cetera. But as a coach, we're focused on all the jimmies at all times. And for me and you in particular, we're not just focused on one team. We're focused on all the jimmies across all the teams. Yes. We have a lot of jimmies. We have a lot of jimmies. And that's fine, too. But let's just make sure that whenever we're coming from, whether it's a coach approaching a parent or a parent approaching a coach on a topic, I think it's really important to have that understanding of where they're coming from and making sure that at least there should be some
0: respect there
1: both sides. You
0: get what I'm saying? Yeah, and I don't want to make it sound like well, how are we supposed to communicate then, Spiker? What do we what do you mean? We can't talk to the coach. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the, the approach. The approach on it. Yeah. The uh, the conversation right after the game is probably not the best time. Whether you, unless you're saying, "Hey, good game, coach. That was an awesome job." um so something positive but if it's something that deals with jimmy or you then i don't think that's the best time wait 24 hours or contact them that night well and
1: we said it just a second ago approach the approach is so important in this situation because if you take an attack type of approach to where you're going to attack an action or something that happened or just basically kind of push put that coach on guard, mm-hmm. I don't see that situation ever working out.
0: Well you're across from the table, rather than on the on the same yeah. side as the as the coach.
1: And if you want a real defense type mechanism answer, that's what you're gonna get mm-hmm. more times than not. And it could
0: be a valid question. It like, could be it could be like 100%. hey why isn't why isn't Tom hitting? Why is it why is he not throwing as hard? Why does he keep on getting airs? That could be a those are great questions. And that's something that as coaches, we try to solve on an everyday basis. That's what we do. That is our primary job. That is the job of a coach. I just don't think it's a after the game, that's when you should talk about it. Right. Write it down in a notebook. If you think you're gonna forget about it, write it down in your notebook or in a in your notes of your phone and then sit on it for a little bit. And then maybe write that email or maybe give that phone call or say, hey, I really would love to have a meeting with you for yeah. for five minutes. Don't say 30 minutes. Say five minutes, five minutes at max and honor that five minutes and see where the conversation goes.
1: And I think, again, that's that's an approach, right? Mm-hmm. That if they take that approach of being you know, respectful of other people's time, being respectful of the situation at hand and really going at it, you know, just, just, Hey, I really would like to talk to you about this. Um, I'd like to get your side on it. I'd like to give you my side and, and just really have a good conversation about it. I think you're going to see more times than not coaches be like, absolutely. That's great. Uh, Let's do it. Let's get this thing set up. Let's talk. And if you can have a great talk, I think both sides at the end of the day will end up walking away, feeling good about it. But if you don't, and you approach them like saying, you did this, you did that, basically attacking it, that is not going to go anywhere. And then think about the, and I'm just going to go ahead and give a little bit of insight to some parents who are listening to this, okay, as to how a coach perceives that and how a coach takes that, right, wrong, or otherwise. And I'll never take this out on the kid. I'll never take it out on a kid. But my thoughts going forward are going to be skewed a little. And that's again, good, but bad, that's or a, that, otherwise. But that's, that's a human. That's and, a human. And, but but I'll say it again. Like here's here's an example. Okay, we deal with high school athletes, like I've talked about. Okay, when a college coach asks me about high school, like an athlete, and they don't ask me about how he plays, they trust their eyes. They they know what they're looking at. What do they ask me on? His background, his character, his family, et cetera. If there's a long list of
0: history behind that, I have to divulge that. Well, the uni- the universal question is like, what do I need to know? Yeah. That's the- that is the universal question As- from college coaches. What do I need to know? But truth be told, I'm not trying to ruin anyone here. No,
1: no. But I have to be honest. Because not only is my credibility on the line
0: every time I answer something like that, but the
1: tiger programs credibility is on the line
0: well a lot of people don't think about that like oh i want to go play d1 well yeah are you a d1 player is is your your metrics there and then also how you approach the game are you a d1 player and if you're not why would i want to send you there because that that affects our reputation again i want you there right trust me if I, if I could have every single player in our program because that's the desirable result. It could be D3. If someone was highly sure. desirable, D3. D1 is out of the question. Just say the highly desirable spot. I would want to get every single player in that spot. That would be a successful program. That makes us super successful. That means that more right. people are going to come to our program. So when you think about your approach, think about it on a professional level. Would you do the same thing? In your own work environment? Probably not. Well, I would why not? let's just
1: dive, dive into it. Why wouldn't you? Well, I know the answer. Why wouldn't you, Spiker? Well, job loss. You'd be fearful of losing your yeah. job. Because there's consequences, right?
0: But then it's going back to, well, I pay this amount. That's right. So I have a voice, which is totally, you are totally right. You have a voice. But again, you're paying for our service, You're paying for us to give you the best result that we possibly can. And again, we want over communication, obviously. But again, the approach is not correct.
1: Right. And so I would would say take that job context, put it into what we're talking about today. It's the same thing because there are consequences. It's not like we're some ruthless dictator sitting up here saying, "If you come and corner me one time, your kid's well, gone think, forever." But I
0: think that's like this. That's the that's, old adage of sports. Like that's the authoritative fig- figure. Like a, I can't mess up on in front of this coach because he's gonna hate me and I'm not, he's never gonna play me ever again. Right. And I don't. If, is there a coach out there like that anymore? Uh,
1: there might be. I don't know. I haven't ran into him in a while. But, I mean. But you keep doing that over and over. There are there are consequences to it, and and it's more along the lines of how that person's now perceived, and then that relationship's fractured, and then how does it keep going from there? It's it doesn't like, you know, I, I use the old example of if I have to keep telling a player over and over and over and over and over the same thing, and he refuses to listen, what does a coach do? He goes quiet on you. That should be the most fearful thing. If that coach goes quiet on you, he's almost given up. And again, for good, bad, or otherwise, that happens. And the same situation would occur if it's a continuance of these issues going forward and the approach is wrong, then, again, it's just going to be a little bit quiet.
0: I'm going to give an example. I'm going to leave everything anonymous. This goes back way back, all right? Um, just good example, Okay. One of the players I coached, um, let's just say it's outside the Tigers, okay? I don't, I don't want any organization to be part of it, all right? Just mm-hmm. outside the Tigers. This is a prime example. Mm-hmm. Player comes up to a coach and says, you know what? Hey, um, can I talk to you at practice on Tuesday after a game? Yeah, sure. Great approach. Player comes to practice. They talk. They get everything hashed out. Next thing you know, parent calls the coach. Good approach. Okay. It says, hey, I scheduled a meeting for everyone, um, the higher ups in the organization and you. Bad approach. Right. You get to the meeting, and then the person pulls out a huge document right. of all of the stats and starts nitpicking every single stat. Bad approach. That is an example of Going through the right communication chain, but then failing at the very end because you're not happy with the answer. And you're just attacking. You're attacking. I think the biggest thing here out of this whole conversation, I give you that example because, again, it's a good communication line. I gave you an example of cornering, which is not a great way of approaching it from the start. And then I gave you the second example of how a great approach can then go completely wrong and you're not on the same side as the coach. That's my whole point. You have to figure out a way to where you can both be on the same mm-hmm. side of the table rather than across from each mm-hmm. other. Because once you, once you get across the table from the coach, it goes back to your thing. I'm not trying to hurt the kid, but if you approach it wrong and you attack me, how would you feel if I attacked you? You would ha- you would have a little bit of a, Hmm. I I don't know if I trust that guy.
1: Resentment, maybe. Yeah, and like, we
0: don't try to do that. Like, obviously, forgive and forget. Sure. But at the same time, I'm trying to protect my me. I want to make sure that my job's in security. I want to make sure that I'm helping out other players. So, the biggest thing out of all of this is just make sure that you're on the same side. Because if you're on the same side, things can move in the right direction and you're going to grow as a person, too. You're going to. You you'll you'll start seeing things that you didn't see from the coach's perspective. And be like, man. He was right, or she was right, and you know what? I've heard that a lot. And trust me, I'm not trying to sit here and
1: also say that the coach is always in the right. It's not. It's not that way. Okay. No, I, I think no. that I think that for the most part, any good coach, if he's worth his his weight, I. I would assume they have the best intentions at all times. Mm-hmm. That it's, that's the way I've always approached it. I'm here for the players. I'm, I'll always be available. It's Something I tell them all the time. If you need me, reach out, you do the same thing. Parents, they can always be there. I just, again, I go back to, it's the approach. I want a we not an I type of conversation. I want to be feeling like we are working together on this uh, for the common good, which would be for the player, the benefit of the player. Um, and if it's that, I don't care what topic it is. I'm, I feel pretty comfortable with that conversation going in the right direction. But if it's not, and this your situation where you're sitting across the table from someone or you feel cornered or just attacked, it, it doesn't end well. It doesn't. And it, end, it generally ends up in a couple of things happening. Uh, parting of ways, uh, dissatisfied feelings, and ultimately... Uh, what I've seen is a pattern of this. It also it just keeps happening. You're burning your bridge.
0: Yeah. Like you have no idea who that person could help, like could help you out yeah. down in the future. For sure. And you're willing to sacrifice that because you want an answer now. Right.
1: Because you want an emotional answer now.
0: Coach Gutton, um, is probably one of the best communicators we've talked about him before. And one thing that he did with me, because we're, we're on opposite sides of the table and he could really sense that. And he was willing to put the relationship at risk and got me into a meeting and said, if this doesn't happen, you're probably not going to play. I ended up figuring it out and proving him wrong. But he ended up coming up to me at the end of it. Um, We were down in Dallas, and he's like, great weekend. This was like three weeks into the season. We were playing horribly. I was hitting really well. He's like, and I was about to leave the dugout, and he pulls me off to the side, and he says, Spiker, I just want to let you know you proved me wrong. Keep playing.
1: Well, and Coach Gutten, or G as he's generally referred to, I think he would handle every situation the exact same, whether he has a screaming person in his face or someone having a great conversation with him. He's very even-keeled with that, but I, mm-hmm. I think he always has that approach where he wants to understand your side of it
0: too. Yep. So. I, be on the same side of the table. He's a great That's communicator. The, that is the big thing. Intern Todd, you've been quiet. I got nothing. Nothing?
1: Just doesn't. You've been listening to this amazing conversation and you got nothing? Yeah. You ever had that situation happen to you? Mm-hmm. OK.
2: When I was younger, Third, 14 you.
1: So that was when you were a player? Mm-hmm. What, did, what, did, what were your thoughts on it?
2: We, I'll just tell the story. We were in Mississippi, and we were playing. And the coach told me to use the team bat when I had my own. And I told him no, like straight to his face. And then pulled me out of the game, and I didn't play the rest of the tournament. And then I got, eventually got kicked off the team. For telling you, him no. because you didn't use the team bat, I used my own and didn't use the team bat.
0: Hmm. What was the reasoning behind he wanted you to use the
2: team bat? I don't know, I don't remember. Was it sponsored or something? Though. No, no. We <laughs> probably that one bat
1: that every kid seemed to It, it like was the new, a little uh,
2: better. Uh, Ruchi Cat Seven, yeah, I think just came out, and I guess I did better with that bat compared to my own. And he told me to use that, and I said no, and he didn't like that.
1: What type of communication lines were open after that? Or was it just like a shut door situation? It was a shut
2: door
0: situation. Now that's, a, that's not a good situation. Yeah. That's not that.
1: I don't know. I think that, that one kind of just seems like a ticking time bomb. That was going to happen at some point, whether it was the bat or it was you know, something that happened that was probably going to go bad.
2: Actually, I did that in college, too. I didn't get kicked off. but I, So we were going to Florida. And he goes, Todd, you'll start one of the last few games. It's fine. So we played, uh, who just won the national title, Nova Southeastern. Okay. We were playing them. I threw. I did horrible. The kid, another kid did well. So it comes to game time when I'm supposed to start for a game, that other kid starts, gets shelled, and then I, I didn't come in that game. So 24 hours later, I said, hey, can I have a meeting with you 9 AM before our game? I said, sure. And then you know, I did a little cornering, he did a little cornering to me and everything worked out eventually, but.
0: But again, you approached it differently though. You said, can, well, I, it can, was, I, have,
2: can I have the conversation before? It went, name? approach was fine until I got into the meeting where it was, instead of like you guys have been saying, we, we, or I, I, it was I, I, and then he turned it to we, we, and then it became we, we after Gotcha. That.
0: So then you ended up
2: having to. Turn around that. my approach. Gotcha.
0: I don't, that's cool. Uh, yeah, I actually, I, I actually think that's a really good story. I mean, I think a lot of people. It, I, well, I think a lot of people. I mean, it's a people, good approach. Yeah. Good at. I mean, obviously going into his eye, and then him switching it around. I mean, that's a that's a pretty good. Honestly, that's a really so good.
1: The chain of communication was good. The process to it was good, and then the approach change was good. Yeah. And then ultimately, both parties ended up kind of feeling a little out. better about it which if yeah if that's the case in all of these situations we're we're well, going everything have some good
0: is stuff nego- as a negotiation it sure. really is i mean you're trying the whole point of the negotiation is trying to get them on the same side that's it 100% if you're if you're literally across from one another and it's all emotional that is a train wreck of happening <laughs> that is going to be a blow up great for reality tv very good for reality not TV. good we for, want emotion on reality not tv not good for national championship teams <laughs> exactly uh all right guys uh closing pitch from you dave um
1: simple i'll just piggyback off of what you just said i think you know if you can kind of check your emotions a little bit and try to really have an understanding where both sides are coming from i don't really care what the topic is at that point i think it's all very as long as the the chain of communications right the process right and then ultimately you can approach it in a a very respectful manner i don't care what topic it is i think we can always have a great discussion on it and i think ultimately you'll end up moving away from it uh, in a positive manner
0: i just want to say i love you guys um thank you for listening to this podcast um again i've said my closing pitch multiple times um throughout this episode it's just make sure you're on the same side as the other person, no matter if that's a coach, a boss, a teacher, a fellow friend, where um, you have a disagreement. That's why I think a lot of conversations, they go south, whether you get into into touchy topics like um, religion, or politics, or how the economy's doing. You, uh, I'll do one more example. So Shondi's parents are Indian. Uh Uh, Shondi's Indian. Uh Their belief system is totally different. Uh Shondi was supposed to be, um, wed by her parents. Okay. So it's one of those systems and she literally would have no say in it to an extent. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm white, if no one knows, I am a white man Okay, and I go at literally the first conversation I had with Shondi first date, which was, I'll tell that story later, but first date, she says, this is probably not going to work out. Literally said, this is not going to work out. I'm like, what do you mean? How are you still around? I would have been like, okay, check, please. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, me being who I am, I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then I started realizing, like, like, she's like, my dad will not like you. Just won't. And what happened was it took about three, four months for Shonda to really kind of ease her parents into it for me to come over for dinner. And that was probably the most nervous thing I I have ever done going into a household. I've never been in a household where it's totally different. Sure. Like just customs, belief systems. There's a God room. I don't have a God room at my house. You have to take your shoes off all the time. Got to wash your hands all the time. Like totally cleanse so I go into this house and I see the God room, I'm like, oh, it's the God room. And then I go right and then there's the kitchen. And then her dad, it's like literally off of like the Sopranos or something. And he's just sitting there waiting for me.
1: Tony's sitting there. Just sitting there. The, the, the boss. And
0: this little Indian man, I, I love him to death, just sitting there. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is, this is going to be tough. The room was so thick if you ever have you ever been in a room yeah. where it's like super thick and you're like, wow this is very uncomfortable yes there's, there's a lot of tension in this thing uh-huh her mom was quiet trying to be like and when she is nervous she talks a lot sometimes and she'll smile a lot and laugh a lot <laughs> and so she's doing her thing cooking up the dinner and I'm like, and this is a dinner that I have probably never tasted in my entire life super nervous about the food. And I have to convince her dad that I'm a good guy. Yep. So I sit at the table and I do something very on purpose. I sit on a side that is not across from him, but on the same, somewhat of a same angle. Okay. And I try to match his body language. And the reason I'm doing that is because I can't do it with my skin because I'm white, he's brown. So there's already a difference maker there. Mm-hmm. So as I'm approaching this, because I care about Shandi a lot, that I need to make sure that I do this really well. And as he starts talking, I try to mirror him. Do you know what mirroring is? Yeah, yeah, do, do what he does. Yeah, but not to that extent to where, like, everyone thinks when you say mirroring, I, you say, say apple. Apple? Apple. Say Orange. 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 So I say the same thing that you do. Oh, Some okay. people think that's mirroring. That's yeah. just copycatting. But mirroring would be you're sitting down in that chair and you're, you have your arm like this. So I do the same thing. We naturally do this as human beings. We just is don't you, know it. Yeah, yeah this, we just don't know it. And when you start getting in rhythm with someone, that, that vibration, that's how you break that thickness. So I'm going to match you and just literally sit similarly, not the same, similarly to you. And now we're on the same page. And then after that, that's, that's not the best part about it is that you have to figure out questions that he's interested into. Oh, for sure. And I think that goes really well into this conversation, which is you have to get on the same side of the table physically, um, your, your body language. And even having a more of an interest in that other person yep. because then that's when you get things solved because then once I get once I get interested in you because I'm genuinely interested in you'll you
1: open up and then all of a sudden everything.
0: now he wants to figure out yeah. my life and figure out what do I like what's my politics what's my religion what's my thoughts then you have then we we disagree a lot of times. But the thing is, we don't get so emotional because he understands where I'm coming from and mm-hmm. I understand where he's coming from. And I think with the cornering aspect of parents and players and coaches, just that whole dynamic, we're, we're not mirroring, we're not trying to figure out how can I, how, what's, what's his life like? What is he dealing with? How many conversations does he have during a day? And the same thing with a coach. What is, what is her life like? What is his life like? Maybe he's having a hard time in his job. Maybe he's trying to figure out how to put more food on the table for his family. Mm-hmm. He just wants to get his kids into a really good college. I think it goes both ways. That's my closing pitch.
1: That was a great transition.
0: That's uh, I've had some F. transitions. that was an A. I've had transi- some F transitions, and then I. So you're giving me an A on this. transition? So many times
1: in this convers in our conversations on this podcast, I've been like, "Where is he going with this?" <laughs> like, I don't know if you feel like that time, but I see it. And I'm like, I want to see how he puts A and B together. But that was well done, my friend. Todd, what's
0: your uh, closing pitch?
2: Um, Both of you have reiterated this a bunch. Mutual understanding is definitely the biggest key to understanding both sides. When you understand both sides, you can understand where this person comes from, what they do, why they do it, and how they do it. Absolutely.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Guys, if you like this episode, please share this with a friend. We are all word of mouth. We are not paying for advertisement for this podcast. It's all word. Uh, If you are a repeat listener, please give us a review. If you haven't, if you're a new listener to this podcast, welcome. This is a show about people, culture, and how to create a winning lifestyle. Press that subscribe button. And if you would like to submit your own closing pitch, we in the show notes, Anchor provides a little link in there, and you can actually record your own voice and send it to us thanks guys appreciate it we'll catch you in the next episode see ya Thank you for watching or listening or both to The Closing Pitch. If you would like to get your closing pitch featured on the show, we use a podcasting app called Anchor, where you can submit your statement or question via audio. Or what you can do is comment in the comment section of this post. We also accept direct messages. Please give us the A-OK if you do send us a DM to use your statement or question on the show. Last thing, please give us a review on your platform of choice five-star preferably and we value your opinion and this allows us to reach more people thank you for listening and we will catch you in the next episode